0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hi, hope you're all well. I'm Louis Malt, uh, ex-Preston North End striker. I was there between 2018 and 2021. Uh, Now, went on to play for uh, Burton Albion after... Uh Preston Sami from Motherwell up in Scotland uh, and uh, currently a free agent. Uh-huh.
2: Louis, how's things? Thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, good thanks, mate. Uh, thanks for having me on.
2: No, not, not a problem at all. Thank you. We'll go back to the start. Obviously, you're born in Stoke. Yeah. Youth football was at Stoke, then signed for Stoke. Um, how did you move from grassroots to the club come about, like right at the very
1: beginning? Right at the very beginning, I was literally just playing uh, for a lads and dads team, Uh literally, up the road in Penkel, it's called, uh, on a field. And we re- my brother's three years older than me, uh, so he's, he was playing already kind of thing for the older team. And I was always there with my dad, like, just kicking a ball around kind of thing. And then uh, my dad found out there was this team called Stoke Arrows, and I was right, that was it. That's all I wanted to do. Because uh, my dad used to play Sunday League, so me and my brother always used to go watch him and, just football, 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 basically, growing up. And then managed to play for Stoke Arrows. And uh, believe it or not, they put me in goal. And I was a goalkeeper for probably two two seasons. Uh, because dad,
2: not a flash me, in the pan then.
1: Well, my dad tells me I was half decent in goal. So <laughs> apparently, to start with, I was a goalkeeper. I was a seven, six, maybe. Uh, and there was only this once where the striker actually got injured. He was, he was doing, he was doing really well. Like he was probably the star star player at that point. Uh, I I came out of goal way up front and scored three goals in five minutes. My dad said, and then that was it. Then the manager said he is not playing a goal ever again. So <laughs> that's basically how it started, mate. So I reckon I was about eight then, and then just literally playing locally. Uh, following my brother and my dad around, watching them all the time, practicing, trying to, trying to do everything they could, they could do kind of thing, and then lucky enough, uh, scouts just managed to pick me up. Uh, I had a few trials at Port Vale, uh, and then Stoke City. Uh, I think I was on trial for about six, seven weeks at Stoke City when I was ten, uh, and then thankfully at the end of it, I managed to get a deal. Um, and then never really looked back after that. Really,
2: it's young, that isn't it?
1: yeah very yeah my dad was a bit worried about that at the time to tell you the truth uh because my brother joined my brother was at port vale so like, it was weird like rivals and yeah yeah vale Stoke, vale Stoke. Uh, but my brother joined it under twelves and my dad seemed to think that was the better age to join up, just because you're a bit young at 10 and you know it's a bit bitter, like a lot of pressure really uh well, I, I must admit, Stoke of Brilliance, they were very good with me, uh, and helped me progress all the way through the Academy and uh, even to now where I'm still in contact with certain staff members that are involved there, uh, which you know, which I've I've knew all my career and even all my life really. So that speaks volumes of that that academy as such.
2: Yeah, I guess it says a lot about the club as well, doesn't it? That they yeah, employ yeah. employ the right kind of people and and whatnot. Obviously, you've, you've just touched on there. You went from goalie to uh, striker. Have you played anywhere else?
1: No. Well, I I had a period of playing centre mid. Uh, uh, what age would I have been? Probably. Oh, I want to say it was like under twelve. So I want to say uh, my manager at the time at Stoke played me in midfield, and he he, he generally said to I remember him saying this to me. I was well, I was only young at the time, but. He said, and I don't think he probably should have said it, but he was, he was, he kind of just said, You will have a career. And he was that brunt with me. You will have, you will definitely have a career. You've got, you've got it all. So, but I'm not sure whether you'll be a centre midfielder or you'll be a striker. And that, and he, he tried to play midfield quite a few times. And I do, I enjoy playing midfield, you know, and I've played there, you know, for, you know, when it's school and stuff like that kind of thing. Uh, but let's be honest, I just like the glory too much, mate. I like sticking the ball in the back of the net.
2: <laughs> yeah, On paper, it sounds like an easy enough task, doesn't it?
1: Well, that's it, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't realise all the bloody pressure with, with being a striker later on in life. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, was...
2: How how was it progressing through the academy at Stoke then? You mentioned pressure before. Did you? Was that something that you maybe put on yourself or was that ever put on you? Um, or did you even feel it? Or was it just a case of going in and enjoying your football and seeing where it took you? I think as a youngster, I don't
1: think I felt the pressure. I really don't. Uh, I was quite... I, I got... Uh, I think my, my my upbringing kind of helped with that, really. Uh, you know, we didn't have a lot growing up. Uh, my dad worked extremely hard, painted and decorator. Mum passed away when I was 15. So, you know, it was, it was one of them where... We I, we had to work, and you know, in football, kind of, I would say, say, I don't know whether save me save me is the right word, really, but I think it helped me steer, you know, the right way in life, and and was an a, a unbelievable distraction to keep me on the straight and narrow, uh, because you know there were probably times where, you know, I was am yeah, not going off the rails as such, but probably not going the right way. Uh, so football really helped me just stay focused and. And that really, but I only really learned that as I got a bit older, really. Uh, but in terms of pressure and stuff like that, I don't think, when I was young, I, didn't, I, I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know whether I thought about it like that. I really just thought, I'm enjoying it. I'm loving what, you know, I'm loving going to training three, four times a week. I think it was then, all the way from 10 to 16, three times a week. And I was really enjoying it. It was only when I got to 15, when I meant like I mentioned before, my mum passed, and that was a real difficult year for me. Uh tell you the truth, I got bored of football and I think that came hand in hand with question marks about everything really. And I think with my mum passing away, it brought that to attention with myself. And I almost locked myself in a bedroom for for probably probably a year, to tell you the truth, nine, nine, ten months at least. And and Along with that, I had, I had an injury, uh, I had a stress, it was it a stressful? I had a hernia, uh, which stoked out really well and advised me to basically rest for 12 months. Uh, so and just strengthen all the muscles around the hernia, basically. So I wasn't playing football for nine to ten months, and I was going to Uh, the stadium at Stoke and just doing core exercises and strengthening the muscles and all that kind of stuff. And uh, looking back, it was probably the most difficult, one of the most difficult 12 months of my footballing career and life. uh, Obviously, what happened off the pitch as well. Uh, It was was real, real difficult.
2: Yeah, I guess any 15-year-old, any person really at any age is going to struggle, obviously, with the passing of a parent I guess you chuck in what you've just mentioned there with the injury and yeah everything else. <clears throat> it goes back to what we said two minutes ago. you know you, you you look at the people at Stoke and the club. I'm sure you look back at that period and think that they've done a lot to help you
1: well I think if I wouldn't and if I wouldn't have had that year off, I think it would have affected me when I was crunch time. Uh, trying to get my scholarship or trying to get my pro. I think I'd, and it did actually happen later on in my career. I ended up having the operation when I was up in Scotland. So that just tells you, really, if I wouldn't have had that 12 months off, like I say, would it have happened under 16s? And if I'm in, if you're injured under 16s, it's very, it's, it's even more difficult to get a, you know, a scholarship uh, at a premiership team like they were at the time. So yeah, I think they managed me really well at that point.
2: Would you say that with the passing of your mum that football and being involved at the club was a, a bit of a distraction for you?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh <clears throat> I think I think I, I doubt of it like I said to you before, by shutting off uh more so because I was injured, I think it added to the frustration because I think I think you speak to anyone, you know, footballer or what have you and you know, work and keeping busy takes your mind off things. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Uh but I wasn't really I wasn't I wasn't they were telling me I wasn't able to play. Do you know what I mean? So it was it was difficult to to take my mind off it. But I think, you know, they helped they helped me on and off the pitch through that period and, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that.
2: Yeah, I, I can imagine that that's that's a tough time. So having that sport is probably probably massive. In terms of your scholarship and was then going on to get your pro Um was that ever in doubt?
1: Uh don't know really because it's hard to it's hard to hard to see it yourself almost when you're in that and I'm still friends with a few of the lads that I've, I've played with from under 10 to under 16s under 18s and they always say Louis you were always the favourite but I I'll be honest, I didn't really see that until probably youth team days when I'd, when I'd achieved that. And I and I and I remember, I think they still do it in the academy now, having like a, a two-year review or a year review with, with each age group manager, basically. And I remember all the way up until getting my scholarship, absolutely bricking every single one, thinking, am I going to get released? Am I going to get released? So it wasn't the case of me being you know, really confident and really thinking I was, I was way too good for it. I was, I, I don't think I've ever been like that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a type of person, type of player there. I have to seriously work hard on the pitch because I'm not, you know, I'm not, they not, I'm not uh, gifted as much as, you know, most people out there or some footballers out there, which it just comes so natural. I, I've, I've earned my, my career through craft and work and, uh, and and then that's why I probably stayed quite humble all the way through. Really, uh, like I say, I think when I got to the youth team, and I remember finding out that I got the the youth team, and I was absolutely through the moon. But at that point, then I had a few clubs interested, so you start to realise, oh, well, I must be, you know, I must be one of the better ones in, in this group here because you know the agents start talking to you. You have all that, you know, around it. Uh, but then obviously getting getting into the youth team and every other day I was training with the first team at 16, 17, and I was the only one. That's when I was like, right, they, they you know, I must have something here. And this is up to me now to take this even further. Yeah. And that's and that's exactly what I tried to do.
2: What um what league were Stokin at the time? Were they prep?
1: Yeah, well, it was it was weird because all the way through me joining us at, at ten, they were championship. Uh, and then they got the season I was due to sign my apprenticeship, they they gave game promotion. So that that meant me not being on fifty pound, I was on hundred and twenty fifteen pounds. So I was buzzing for that reason. <laughs> uh, yep. and obviously my my boyhood, you know, football club yeah. Park, most to the premiership and I, it was unbelievable. I was very close to joining a few other clubs I'll be honest with you uh, and I, I say very close I, w- I was tempted in a way because their academies were far more established like they had you know players coming through the ranks left right and centre and you know they had a proven uh, formula where you know their their youngsters would get the opportunity to play for the first team quite often uh, so that, that bit of it temp- tempted me a lot but then I think with Stoke gaining promotion to the Premiership, me being from Stoke, I just had to sign the deal, and that's and it helps when Tony Pulis uh, meets you and gets your pair, he gets gets me dad in and uh, and tells me he really wants me to sign the contract.
2: <laughs> Hard to say no at that point, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, would you have trained then with John Parkin?
1: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, what, what,
2: what was what early, was that
1: like? Oh, one of my earliest memories of playing with Parky. I was sixteen. So under sixteens at this point, and back then it was the old reserve team basically. So none of those twenty threes or twenties or whatever. It was youth team, under sixteens. And if you're good enough, if you if you're one of the better ones in the under sixteens, you'll skip the youth team, you'll play for the reserves if they need the players. And I was lucky where uh, there must have been some injuries in the youth team. And I played, it was at Bradford, a massive pitch. I was sixteen. And me and Parky played up front together. And I just remember Parky saying after the game to me, he said, tell you what, Young, you did all my running there. That was brilliant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I can I just hear just, him I, saying it.
1: I was just looking up to him thinking, wow, did I do well then? Does that mean I played yeah. bad? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think he just appreciated that I didn't start running for him.
2: He's a character, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he was, he was good. He was very good with me. And he was very good with everyone, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, like I say, a character, but he, could, he was still very, very good around the place. Really. What
2: what was Pulis like then? I, I know he's got... Uh, yeah.
1: He was he's... good. I mean, I how can I not say he wasn't good with myself? Because out of, you know, all the youngsters, I was the only one in my age and in my youth team to get the pro deal. And I didn't just get a one year, I got two year, which was so rare. And like I say, I had a meeting with him and he asked me to, you know, he'd said, yeah, hey, I'll... How he wanted me to stay at the football club and all, and that just meant so much to me. Uh, but then, I I, I always remember uh, being under 16s. I think I was just turned 16, or and he, he my, my my what was I? Yeah, 16. And I was training. I was like work experience almost uh, when when he used to do that. And I went into Stoke to train, obviously in the, for the youth team and. Uh, He shouted like the manager, my manager at the youth team. And I was only 15, 16. They shouted me over and said, Louis, he wants you with the first team. And I was absolutely bricking it. And I just remember like training with the first team at like 15, 16. I was thinking, oh my God, what's happening here? And to this day, he only knew my name. He called every other player in the youth team, Youngen. And he used to call me by my name. So after a bit, I was like, wow, that's a massive compliment that is. Like, didn't didn't register with me initially, but then he was like, wow, he's quite when I was young, but you saying Louis to me all the time. And I'm always training with him. So he, he was so good in that respect. Uh, and, you know, for him to give me my debut, uh, and not only just my debut, I was so lucky to, to do that and play in the Premiership, but also to be involved. I was involved. Uh, at least 11 times of the premiership on sitting on the bench and warming up and the experience of that was just unbelievable I think I was only 17 maybe 18 like and it just the memories and it's weird because at the time like you almost take it for granted you, you don't realise that you're warming up next to Didier Drobba. like obviously I did I obviously knew it was Didier Drobba and I knew him but it's only when you get older in life, get bloody hell. Yeah.
2: You're, and, on
1: the, you're on the bench at Stanford Bridge.
2: You're looking back drop, at it.
1: Did he drop and give me a high five? Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, it was so surreal. Like when I look back at it now, and like, it, you know, there's not many, many, many times to talk about it, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, what you want to speak about it now, I'm like, bloody hell. Yeah. And that happened. Like, we, Bit we've nuts, got, isn't it? Yeah, it's unbelievable, and that's why I say like it was so good to me because it it, it was just me and my age group really. There was uh, there was a couple, Brian Shotton, who went on to a great career, came through the youth, and but we were the only two that I can think of. Obviously, you got your Andy Wilkinson and your Carl Dickinson, but they were way way older than me. So for that to happen to to me and to like shots like was we were just like this is unbelievable.
2: I remember Ryan Shotton coming through. Um, she was massive, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, yeah. He's a, a typical uh, Pulis player, obviously. Yeah. long throwing uh, very athletic, uh, very good player, by the way, and such a lovely guy. And I think one thing about Pulis that I learned as, you know, as time went on is he loved honest people, honest people that would just work as hard as they possibly could for, for him. And, and that's what he loved about individuals
2: and makes it even uh, more surprising that he used Parkey as much as he did then
1: wow he loved the big man didn't he <laughs> Parkey was unreal holding the ball up so you know he actually did quite well Parky, I know I've listened to some of his podcasts obviously and yeah he, uh, he, I remember that promotion season he, he, you know he did really well for Stoke he did really well scored some really important goals
2: you obviously went on to sign Pro at Stoke yeah. Um had a lot of moves away on loan. How was that? Was that sort of, were you buzzing? Like, make the most of it, every opportunity, like, learn from it? Or was yeah. it tough at times moving up and down the country and spending a yeah, few weeks here, a month there, a couple of months here? Yeah.
1: yeah, Yeah, I struggled, I'll be honest, because I, I actually did better for for the first team in terms of training and being involved when I was in the youth team when I turned pro uh, when I turned pro I yeah I went alone straight away uh, to Bradford in League 2 Peter Taylor was the manager uh, and I remember you know Pulis getting me in one what, what morning for training just said like Louis I want you in at 9 I need to have a chat with you what he was in the gym, just doing a few light like, weights or whatever. You know, walked in and he just said, uh, "Peter been on the phone, Bradford, uh, you go in tomorrow." And that's how it happened. It was like,
3: oh, 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 oh,
1: okay, you know, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, I mean, yeah, you can't, you know Like, you know, I can't mean? really
2: say no, can you?
1: Oh, how can you? Do you know what I mean? It's one of them. <laughs> like, who am I to go, don't, I don't think that's for me. Like have no no one in the right you know, I think the game's changed now to be honest. I think a lot of players would do that now. But, you know, when I was coming through it was it was yes gaffer sound. So I remember going and I actually had a really good pre season with them. Uh scored some really good goals in pre season and uh the season started and uh it was it was very, very direct and I was used to that with Stoke. But I was 18, skinny as a rake, no strength against League Two big, big defenders, but not just big defenders. They knew the game inside out, and I was still learning my path. And if I'm honest, I don't know whether I was ready for it. I feel like if I'd been coming through now, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have benefited from an under-21 almost to give me that extra... Not too many years, but an extra year, maybe. Maybe if I would have gone out alone, I say nineteen, twenty, maybe I would have been a bit more ready physically.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, was it maybe more a case of needing to like fill out and and grow up yeah. more than more than
1: anything else? Massively. Massively, so I think moving moving away was difficult. Yeah. Uh, something that you know you learn to get used to as you know as the more you do it kind of thing. But that that part of it was difficult living on my own. Uh couldn't drive, which was stupid. I wish I would have really passed it at 18, probably wait until I was twenty two or something, twenty one. Uh so yeah that I regret that I should have passed my driving test. Uh but yeah that was the, the moving away and you know obviously with the the physicality and all that I think I'd have benefited Going probably a year later, but saying that I didn't probably I probably didn't fill out till I was probably twenty twenty two twenty three. So everyone develops at different stages.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, obviously you you went on loan quite a bit, played a lot in the lower leagues. Yeah, look,
1: that, that, that was just a case of that was literally just a case of me wanting to go and enjoy my football. Yeah, because at that point I was training day in, day out at, at at Stoke, but getting no reward almost, getting, you know, my weekends were free where I've been used to youth team, training all week, loving the game on the Saturday and, you know, enjoying it kind of thing. But yeah, I was still enjoying the training, but I, I needed something at the end of it because at that point, uh, Stoke actually cancelled their reserve league. We were There was no game for us, so there was no reserve team, so I couldn't physically play play for anyone because obviously I was, they're in the premiership, I'm not going to play week in, week out, do you know what I mean? And, and at that point, they signed bloody Crouch, Good Johnson, Tungi, uh Ricardo Fuller, they were all there. So I was like James Beattie. So I was never going to get a look in I, I, Let's be honest, I wasn't good enough. So, you know, I was a realist and I was like, if anyone, I, I was just like saying, just, I want to go and play. I do not care what level it is, I just want to go and play. And there's times and I look back now, I think mm, probably shouldn't have gone there. You know, that you know, wasn't a good move, that. Yeah. But that was desperate for me to go and score goals and, and prove myself.
2: Yeah. Uh, it looks to me from the research that I've done, which can at times be questionable, that eating was a place where you you sort of found a little bit of form and yeah. from the outside looking in, it looks like you've probably settled a little bit there as well. Yeah, um, it was.
1: Uh, it was after I got... Did these few loans and what have you, and I had a few injuries as well at that point. To be fair, I had a stress fracture in my back, which was plain havoc with me, and uh, had a few injections that that took ended up taking about eight to nine months to deal with, really. Because I I went to Mansfield on loan and hit it off, scored two and three, uh, and then this stress fracture just niggled away at me, kind of thing, and then never really got in a rhythm after that, and then ended up uh, getting released from from Stoke, uh, and then. Joined Northampton, it was Eddie Boothroyd, uh, and didn't really get a look in again. I think was there a little, you know, was was I ready? I I felt I was at that time, but the manager didn't. Uh, so I ended up going on loan to Nuneaton. Uh, Kev Wilkin, the manager, was from Northampton, and watched me uh, just in a, a reserve game. And I, I think I scored a few goals in the reserve game, and he then contacted me and took me on loan at Nuneaton And they was, there, I think, it was second from bottom when I joined with massive relegation battle. And I went, and he promised me. Well, he didn't promise me. He said, Listen, if you work for me, you'll play every game. I've seen what you like. Uh, you, you know, just come and play. So I did it. I did it, and I, I really enjoyed it. Although I didn't have the best of starts, so I scored one goal in sixteen games. But he stuck with me. I he took me out of the team for one game, I think, and he said, "Listen, I've realised that we are better with you and the team. You're not getting the goals just now, but keep working and working and working, and the goals will come." Anyway, we ended up managed to stay up that season, like unbelievable how we stayed up. And then I got released at Northampton, and he was he was the only person that stuck with me and said, "Listen, Louis, you only scored one in sixteen, but." Here's your contract. You know, it wasn't great. It was part-time, but I had to do it. Uh, And he stuck with me and I scored 18 goals the following season in the conference. And that's, like you say, probably where I got in a rhythm and I got my confidence back and I found somebody that believed in me.
2: Yeah. And I guess when you're a footballer, all you want probably is someone that believes in you and, and, and honesty. You know, someone that's not going to bullshit you.
1: That's exactly what I found. That is exactly what I found, and I still speak to Kev now. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. He's a manager at Towford at the minute. Uh, but he, he, the season where I scored eighteen goals, he actually got his move because he did. We we were we were top of the league by Christmas. None Eaton Town were top of the league by Christmas. It was unheard of. We were we were on such a run. part team part time. Sorry, uh, you know, I think we were one of the only ones at that point. And we were beating Wrexham, we were beating all the big clubs in that league. And Wrexham come calling and uh Kev we went to Wrexham then. And then I was on the phone to him every other day saying, take me with you, take me with you.
2: <laughs> and it and it worked. I'm I'm guessing he was one that came well, in for
1: you. That was it. You know, the season finished and uh thankfully we got the deal done kind of thing and never really looked back. Do you know what I mean? Went there. Unbelievable football club. Uh Managed to score twenty three goals, which I'm incredibly proud of uh, uh, for Wrexham, and then obviously the move came around up to Scotland. But uh, you know, great memories, fantastic football clubs.
2: I guess Wrexham was a little bit different than to what it is now, as well.
1: Yeah, it was. You know what? I, I've been back. You know, quite often. You know, I've been back this season. I went back last season. Uh, they always invite me back. Unbelievable fan base. It's so so loyal. It's unbelievable. It's so passionate. Uh, so I love going back but when I was there you know the, the money wasn't it was good but not not as good as what it is now but the you know the, the the fan base has just always been there it's it's just such a such a massive club and you know look what they're doing now it's incredible
2: isn't it yeah yeah every credit to them. Um I know some people get a bit wound up about it don't they but yeah I'm uh, I enjoy it it's fun
1: um, no, it? it is. It is. And, you know, I went for what was it? Probably about a month and a half ago, or two months ago. And there was ten thousand there. It was it, it, the atmosphere was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I think they're um, a massive force in League Two now as well.
2: I'm sure there's been times you've been at Deepdale and there's been less than ten thousand, probably.
1: Well, I think so. Maybe you know, one of the, uh, cup, the cup games. The, yeah, the cup games or something. Yeah, maybe <laughs> one of them. Yeah.
2: Um, you touched on you moved to Scotland you, you were a bit of a cult hero at Motherwell weren't you
1: yeah yeah. I was I was lucky really because I, I had this lovely time at Nuneaton scoring goals I had a, a great connection with the fans almost and then I had the same with, with Wrexham kind of thing and then just at Motherwell it just continued and you know it, it helps that you know I scored the goals I've scored for them for them football clubs but I think my uh, my relationship off the pitch as well as on uh meant so much to me and still does. Uh and I think sometimes a player hits off at certain football clubs and I managed to do that at a few.
2: How how do you reflect on your time at Motherwell? Obviously it was the, the last club you were at before you came to North End. Um was it was it a tough decision to, to leave them?
1: Uh Yes, it was because I was enjoying my football so much and, uh, yeah, I was, I was enjoying my football so much and but I, I knew at some point I had to try and, and, and go on kind of thing and, and test myself again. Uh, I was there for, you know, two and a half seasons, managed to score 50 goals. So, you know, there was a lot of interest at the time so you know it, it was going mad, especially in that that uh, the third season when I actually went to Preston. There was so much interest and so much talk. Uh, so I, I knew something was going to happen. Uh, but uh, you know there was there was times where at the start of the third season, actually, you know I was so willing to sign a new deal because I was so happy at the football club and my wife was so happy and my kids were so happy. You know I I I, I generally you know was you know, I was really, really happy, but so was I at Wrexham before going to Motherwell. Do you know what I mean? So I had to kind of test myself.
2: You you say there was a lot of interest. What what was it about North End that made you choose them? Was it the level or the club, the <laughs> manager? Yeah,
1: I think a bit of both. To be honest, I think prior to me going up to Scotland, my objective was to get a move to the Championship. That's exactly what me and my agent said. And if I'm honest, we, we set that target, but it was a bit of an unrealistic target in my head. I, yeah, I believed in myself and I still believe in myself, but I was like, mm, not sure. You know, you might get, you might be able to get a League One or a League Two down south, or you might get another SPL team. Uh, you know, but my target was to, to sign to, to go to one of the big boys. And you know, and, and further my career, and uh, I think the big pull for Preston was won the championship uh, to challenge myself because that was the league I really wanted to challenge myself in, and uh, location in terms of uh, wife, kids, uh, getting back down south uh, and getting into schools. That was because it was becoming it was getting to that point where Isla was she's eight now, so. She would have been, you know, starting nursery and starting reception and all that kind of stuff. And I remember the wife, you know, saying that to me. Uh, but on the other end, I was quite happy up there and, you know what I mean, but happy wife, happy life and all that.
2: I know that. I definitely know that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, one of my best decisions was to agree to get married the year before COVID. Yeah, I can imagine. Um you know so, yeah.
1: I, mean, I did the exact same thing as well.
2: I, I I really wanted to get married in twenty twenty as well. I was like, no, we will get married and we ended up tossing a coin and I lost. Yeah, and
1: sounds quite familiar, that doesn't
2: mate. Yeah, I'm I'm thankful it ended up that way. <laughs> You'd have
1: lost a lot of money as well.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Was was there other interest from the championship? Or was it just North End?
1: I think there was a couple, yeah. But the the way it went was uh I think that that particular season I was on 12 goals before November like I was I was on fire I was scoring left right and centre and scoring all different types of goals and I think with uh, obviously the that the, it got highlighted more because the goals were at the semi-final at Hampden uh, 50,000 people and I managed to score a really good goal uh, and I think that's why it got highlighted more but yeah, there was there was interest from a couple in the championship. Uh, there was a couple in the League One as well, and then I had a, a few from the SPL uh, showing real interest because I was I was becoming out of a, out of contract at the end of that season, so obviously I, I could sign a pre-contract in the January, uh, so that all that started to heat up a little bit, kind of thing. And uh, was it before the semi-final talks? I didn't get involved, but talks started to happen. My agent started to tell me it was interesting. Uh, initially, it was, uh, you know, there was five or six or something like that. Uh, but then when you start hearing the same names come back at you and they and you, and you play the game and you realise someone tells you they're at, they're at the game, that's when you're like, as a player, right, okay, this is serious. Uh, I think I was just lucky that when Alex was at the game, Peter Ridsdale I managed to score the lob <laughs> against Rangers
2: oh so they were they were both at that game then
1: yeah they were at that game I found yeah. that uh, I think I knew before the game as well actually uh, that that particular couple of months I was getting told left right centre who was in the who was in the crowd watching uh, well my, I didn't I never asked for it so I don't, I don't know whether I like it or not to this day I don't know whether I really like knowing really I just Try and do my best whenever really but uh, they were definitely in the crowd that day uh, and they were for the final as well
2: How what was it that sealed the deal then what was it that sort of made you go yeah I'm going to go to North End
3: Uh,
2: I think there was a number of things I
3: think
1: the football club itself uh, with the history it's got uh, and what a big club it was uh, a very very established Championship Football Club, very, very stable. Uh, Peter Ridsdale, you know, told me all that, uh, told me that they had no debt, told me that they were very, very stable in finances, told me the plans for the training ground. Uh, I knew the connection with the manager because he was Scottish and he knew, uh, and some of his staff knew, similar circles that i knew up in scotland so that always helps uh so i think a bit of everything really made me focus more so on preston uh let's let's not get it wrong they offered me you know a good contract and you know us as footballers have to try and maximize the amount we earn in this 15 years if' a lucky career so that helped don't get me wrong uh but I think it went hand-in-hand hand with all the other things that they were telling me. I came down on the train and I met everybody. I saw the ground, Deepdale. I went to the training ground and everything just kind of married up. Uh, and then obviously you go on social media and people start to get wind of things. And the fans, how the fans were reacting to it, that was a positive spin on myself again. And sometimes you just get a feeling. And and then, yeah, I was, I was... To say over the moon was... Uh, that's that's the uh, I couldn't really put it into words at the time, to be honest. That like I remember going back to Scotland uh, on the train and ringing my wife, just going Pfft. I was lost for words. I was genuinely lost for words. I was like, can't believe it. Like I've like what what you know I knew the deal I was walking into almost, and I knew I was securing the family for three and a half years in the championship. Uh, and I was just I, honestly I was lost for words on the train. It was effort I've kind of worked hard for prior to that just felt like you know not I'd made it but like a massive pat on the back almost and yeah
2: M- made made everything feel worthwhile
1: yeah a little bit Yeah, and I was just immensely proud really uh, yeah. I think growing up if you would have said to me I'd have, I'd have, I'd have become a championship footballer I, I, I don't think I'd have, especially at 15, 16 I'd have gone no you're having me off mate like come on now like, I'll, I'll be a league two conference, and that's no disrespect. Like, I generally thought, you know, I might just get a, you know an half decent career out the game, but managing to get that, and when that came, I was just so proud, and all my family were so proud.
2: What What were your first impressions when you would met Alex?
1: Good, yeah, I knew about him. Uh, obviously, playing up in Scotland, that he was known up there anyway, and also being Scottish and. Uh, everyone just kept saying uh, he's very intense and he's very stern. So, obviously, having that in mind, meeting him, uh, he's quite stern when you first meet him. I feel, uh, but then I feel once you break him down and you earn his respect, you you uh, you almost you almost get a different kind of person. And I, I enjoyed, really enjoyed working with him. I think I learned so much from him uh, in terms of tactical and technical, uh, not only as a footballer, but, you know, if I do go into coaching, stuff I could take with me. Uh, his attention to detail was frightening. And and like I say, I think as as a player, I feel like you have to earn his respect for him to open up to you a little bit.
2: He comes across sometimes as quite a hard-nosed fella. Yeah. Um, but I think there was the odd time that you'd see it in the press or during games or after games if we'd won or played well that you'd see actually he was just like the rest of us.
1: Exactly, exactly that. I think, I think sometimes people look at him and uh, think he's very stubborn, think he's very arrogant, but he, he's not. He, he's really not. I think every manager has to have a little bit of aura about him and, and you have to, by the way. And I've played, played four managers that haven't got that and it just doesn't work. So he needs that and I think he obviously knows that. But like I said to you, would, would you would, you, would you earn his respect? And I had to do that, by the way, for at least a year. You see a different side to him and you, see, and you actually start to learn more about him as a person as well as a coach and what a lovely guy he actually is and what a... a, a honest, hard family man he actually is.
2: You mentioned there that you had to probably spend 12 months earning his respect. Yeah. Um, your first goal for North End came in, in the March, obviously, after you joined in in January. And I think after you joined on the 1st of Jan, but I think it was like 10 days, 20 days, something like that before you you made your, your debut. Um, I think that, again just comes back to that. You, you've you obviously got to come in and show him what you're about and show him what you're made of before he'll give you that chance. Yeah, you've signed the contract, but that's just the start.
1: Yeah. It was a bit, a bit of a nightmare start, to be honest, because I did my hamstring really bad when I just left. No, sorry. As I played my last game from Motherwell at, at, at Parkhead at Celtic, uh, I pulled my hammy. Uh, But at that time, the deal was almost done at Preston. Uh, thankfully the deal carried on and, we, and I ended up signing for Preston but it was I actually joined Preston with probably about three to four weeks left of rehab on my hamstring but as any player will tell you, there's one, one thing being fit for your hamstring injury but you need at least another two to three weeks training before you're back to your, you know, your fittest and you need probably need two to three games as well uh, where myself, I remember playing my first game, I think it was at the end of January, like you say, <clears throat> against Sheffield United in the Cup. Uh, I think we actually lost the game 1-0 and we actually played really well. Uh, I played in that game and that was my first game and I was nowhere near fit enough, but I think he was playing me just to get me to that next stage kind of thing because, you know, he just brought me in and all that kind of stuff and, it was difficult initially, really, really difficult. I, I found it really, really tough to uh, get up to speed with the championship, I really did. Uh, I think the injury just before I joined did not help that at, you know, at all because, like I said to you, you need at least two to three games regular to get up to speed with the other lads. Uh, but I think the physical demands of the championship and that little hamstring injury just didn't help with that first six months at all.
2: What what was the difference in training like? Obviously, no disrespect to Motherwell, but I'm assuming better players at North End. Yeah, it was, um,
1: it was it was it was so quick. The training was so quick, and the the workload was was very high. And that's probably why I picked up a few niggles uh, because you know at Motherwell I was uh, a bit more easier on me. Let's let's go to speak because you know I was scoring week in week out so. If I had a slight niggle, I wouldn't train. You know, Monday, for example, after the game, where it pressed, and I started afresh. You know, there's no, there's no looking after you when you start afresh. You know, you're you, you training, and that's that. Uh, so I probably did. I probably did struggle just to get up to speed and get used to the, the tempo more than anything. And Alex Neal's training sessions are very, very fast, very high tempo. Uh, but very good. I loved his training. Absolutely loved his training. Uh, but yeah, I think initially, like I say, about earning respect and kind of things like that, uh, I think I managed to do it just through hard work and graft.
2: Comes back to what you said at the start, doesn't it? That That's kind of all you've known.
1: Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, it's got, got me to where I am in life uh, and you know, I, I'll continue to do it really and I think I think you have to do that in every every day, don't you? Every day, every work. That you
3: yeah.
1: Do. The harder you work, the more reward you get out. Almost.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Your first goal came in March. Um, the... Yeah. Yeah, we got beat, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we got beat two
2: one. I think. Yeah. Uh, no, I think was it not the four one?
1: Oh yeah, it was. It was. You're right. We got battered. <laughs> I got it. We got it back for one one. We got bloody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it that
2: one? I think we did, yeah. I yeah, that... no, I think I think you're right. I think we, we did get it back to one-one, and then it just.
1: Down, I scored two-one, and then they scored two. That more. was it.
2: <laughs> and then, it and then it fell apart after that. <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. yeah, but the big one, uh, Forest away, taught taught me through that.
1: Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like, everyone always says that. Every Preston fan always mentions that goal, and it was a shy goal, let's be honest. But it was a bloody tackle more than anything. It's but,
2: just, yeah. it's, it's the. I think it was everything surrounding it, wasn't it?
1: I don't know what it was. I think for myself, it was so much relief more than anything because I'd had a tricky time probably getting into the team initially and keeping a place in the team. And I remember speaking to Alex Neil so much about that and saying, I need to play five games on the bounce. Give me five games on the bounce and you'll see that I can score goals. But it didn't really come until around that Forest goal, that was my third game on the bounce or something like that. And I remember it was coming towards the end of the game and I thought to myself, I don't score here. I aren't playing the next game. And I generally remember thinking that. And I remember seeing the other striker warming up. I can't remember who it was. And so when that goal went in, the relief, like thinking, yes, that's me starting next game surely." And the pure adrenaline, you know, celebrating right in front of the fans there was just unbelievable, wasn't it? You know, the, the pictures and that that went off were unbelievable, and obviously it helps. It's such a lovely ground, isn't it? And the history goes with that football club, and we we beat him one 0 away. You know what an away day that was. It was unbelievable.
2: I think we all, we we often struggle as well at the Forest Ground. Yeah, and it was. Um... Lucas Nematia with the assist, I think it was, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was like a a poorly took corner initially, and then it got cleared, and then he did did well on the wing, and then literally, like I say, whacked it across the box. And I'm, I'm sure it was a slide tackle. It was a tackle. So the only tackle goal I've ever scored. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a goal. Goal's a goal. It was. I think it
2: was. Was it but, just after half time?
1: Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, it was um... definitely second half. Definitely second half.
2: Yeah. And I think you, you know you, you mentioned that it was just a probably more a moment of relief for you. I think you could see that in the celebration.
1: Yeah, I think I think prior to that like I said before I found it really difficult to hold down a, a, a starting place in the team and I had a few chats with Alex Neal. Uh I think the was it that's might have come after there was a period of time where Uh, I don't know if it was a season or it was a season after, where there was other strikers coming in and I was getting pushed out almost uh, and I very nearly went to Charlton. Very, very nearly. Deadline day. Very, very nearly went. uh, But it got stopped. uh, Ridsdale stopped it. uh, For whatever reason, I don't know really, but I think Alex was quite happy for me to go because he brought other players in and... You know, I wasn't. He basically said, "Listen, for your career, Louis, you know, you might be better going because you're not gonna you're not gonna play every game, and you, I don't know you as an individual aren't the kind of guy just to sit on a bench and be happy about it. So he, you know, he was very honest with me, and like we saying, we said earlier, that's exactly what you need. So I, I you know, we, we kind of shook hands away in a way and said, like, yeah, fair enough, I'll find something. Uh, but like I say, it got stopped in the end, and then I'm sure he was it might have been the season after all that by the way uh, so i feel like that was uh when i scored against wigan maybe so that might have been the season after so but that that, that would have been the second season what the forest goal and all that wasn't it Yes. Yeah. so that uh, was in and out of the team actually no i, I remember it because I no, came.
2: It was, it, it, sorry, yeah, it was the season after, but it was the same year. That's why I'm getting
1: confused. I came on. Uh, that's 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 the one I remember coming on against Blackburn, scoring, and assisting Brownie. Came on against Hull and scored. So I remember that's why I started the Forest game. I think, and I remember thinking, if I don't score in this, he won't play me again. Almost, do you know what I mean? So that's why I was more. Well, so adrenaline was going high, basically.
2: Yeah, not because it was a last-minute goal, like I thought it was. No, no. Not, no. <laughs> I told you my my research can be a bit iffy. <laughs> yeah. Um. You you time at the club. You 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 had the nickname the King or King Louis. Yeah. Um. That relationship with the fans is obviously something that you've had a lot in your career. Motherwell, Wrexham. How, how do you reflect on that sort of part of your, your time at North End, the relationship with the fans?
3: Uh,
1: immensely proud, if I'm honest. Immense, immensely proud of it because uh, there's a bit of me feels like I failed at Preston and I feel like I failed the people of Preston in terms of didn't quite do as well as I wanted to do on the football pitch, but I feel that was... Down to situations that I was that was out of control for myself uh, in terms of injuries uh, and, and fitness more than anything. Uh, I think with with time and with persistence, I think I'd have gone on and scored more and more goals for Preston North End, and I think I'd have been there for a lot more time than I was. Uh, Especially the, the 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 relationship I had with the football club and with the fans. Uh I felt like it was just getting started, I'll be honest with you. But then obviously the the, the injury house started to happen. But when it started going good and the relationship started to get go from strength to strength, you know, I, I just felt like it was it was going in the same direction as it did at Motherwell and, it, and I generally think it would have. Uh, for the for the fans, you know, to still call cool. me King-Louis is, you know, it's unbelievable really considering uh, that, you know, I probably only scored eight goals in 40 games. You know, it's, yeah, it's still not that bad to be honest but, you know, I think I should have played a lot more games and, like I say, I feel like I failed them slightly. Uh, I'm immensely proud of everything that me and the football club achieved together off the pitch, uh, all the community work that we did, uh, and raising the money, uh, and trying to help the the community in and around Preston. It was something that I didn't plan on doing. I'll be honest with you. I, I did. I didn't plan on you know doing any of that. It just kind of happened, and you know, some fa- Sometimes things are meant to be, and I'm immensely proud of it.
2: I think you you've just mentioned it there. The the, the work that he did with the community and education trust and uh, I've had Tom on on here before he's, he's a great bloke and the work that they do is fantastic um oh, I think they're doing the big sleep out again this year oh, wow. and I've I've been told that I have to do it so I'll be uh, <laughs> I'll be there but yeah I think you know that's from a footballing point of view your time yeah. here it's perhaps pretty- didn't go the way you wanted but I think that's one thing that everyone can look back at yeah and be proud of
1: yeah 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 i think uh also to raise the money we did at the fox and for the for the shelter was was incredible really and the reaction that it got was incredible wasn't it you know what i mean uh and, and you know like you say on the pitch you know if i had it my way it would have changed it would have you know i think especially the the, the third season uh yeah, yeah. the third season, I'm trying to think about what, what time it was. I think it was around
2: the Swansea away.
1: Yeah, I think like <clears throat> that pre season was was a difficult one for me because that like I spoke to you before, uh felt like I was getting pushed out slightly. There was new strikers coming in. Uh I was you know, you always know as a player when you're getting pushed out kind of thing. And that's when that honest chat came with Alex Neal. Uh, so I was, you know, I was on my way out, but and, like I say, it got stopped and then I remember just working as hard as I possibly could in training and then I played the, the weekend of I was meant to I think I was meant to go on the Tuesday. Deadline day was on the Tuesday night or Wednesday and I played it on the on the Saturday. And that Saturday game was the Wigan game and I scored I and mean, we won 2 0. Uh, so you can imagine my emotion and my adrenaline I've gone from thinking I didn't they didn't want me uh, because there was bought new players and all that to digging my heels in almost and saying no 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 I want to be at this football club and I want to prove and thankfully I did on that Saturday just you know the the week after bloody you know you, you can't help what happened there it was just a fluke injury uh, and that's why, why I say I feel like I was just getting started almost.
2: I think, as well, before you went off against Swansea, I think you'd, you'd started the game really well, really yeah, brightly. I yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You didn't score, did you?
1: No. <clears throat> well, I think I played a part in the goal.
2: Raff scored from
1: however far
2: out, didn't he?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I was part of the build up, I think. And, uh, and like I say, I feel like I was just getting right back into my rhythm there, my my mother wild form rhythm. I really was. I was getting confident. I like I was starting to like the responsibility of being that number nine. People were relying on me to score. You know, I love that. I absolutely thrive off that. And I always have, uh, and I felt like it was it was coming. It was you know what I mean. I just scored the week before. I Felt fit. I had a great pre season under my belt, uh, and probably the fittest I, I, I was at Preston at that point. I thought, yeah, here we go. And then obviously the injury happened and you know what a nightmare that was.
2: How difficult was that period for you? Because you've gone from starting the season really well to you've done your, was it your ACL or your PCL?
1: It was ACL, meniscus and M- MCL. So it was a full shebang. Uh, yeah, it was... Initially, I, I thought, you know, I-, I didn't sink in really. I remember sitting at home quite often thinking, how, why, why how, like, how, why, why has that just happened to me? Like, I have controlled the ball like that since I was bloody 10, and it's, I've been fine, absolutely fine. So, why this once has that just happened? And I'm starting to drive myself crazy. I'm thinking, is it because I did this last week? Is it because I did that extra training session? And i, I, I it's just, it's just horrible. And I remember people saying like, you know, just stick with it kind of thing. You know, mentally it's going to be tough. And I remember just thinking like, no, oh, I'm mentally strong. I'm fine. I'm fine. But it did hit me. I must admit, it was one of the most, one of the most difficult periods off the pitch I've had really in terms of trying to stay focused and trying to not give up. If I'm honest, I was, I've never been a guy for giving up, never, ever. Uh, but there was times where I was like, is, is this me? Like, uh, is, am, I, am, I, am I gone? Is my knee just gone? And I think with the complications that came with my injury, uh, it only makes sense now why I was like that and why it was so difficult because... You know there was complications along the way with the operation, uh, so thankfully it all it all got done. But I really should have been back in twelve months. But it was it was
2: twenty twenty one, wasn't it, when you
1: came back? Yeah, it was a good two years, which is 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 horrible to to even think about now. And thankfully, it's fine now. But in my head, I was back in ten to twelve months. And I remember lockdown happening and uh, the season stopped, if you remember. And I remember fans tweeting me saying, oh, this could be a blessing. Louis could be back for the playoffs to try and get us in the playoffs kind of thing. And I remember just reading the you know social media like, freaking fucking hell, only if you knew. Like, I, I'm, At that point, I was waiting for another operation. So Jesus. I didn't, I didn't just have the one operation, I had to have. Want free.
2: So is it a complication in the original lot?
1: There were so many different elements to it, basically. The ACR where the meniscus went, the remi- I had it all repaired, all all good, it was all good for a couple of months, and then uh, the meniscus repair came undone, which is really common, really common. Uh, but the the difficulty of that is lockdown and waiting to get an operation. Obviously, all the private surgeons were doing it NHS and all that kind of thing. So, listen, I, I totally understood. But I was sat at home knowing I did an operation to fix this meniscus, uh, where, like I said, fans tweeting me saying, this will be good, Louis will be back. And I was just like,
2: wow, no. Like, I, I, guess, need, I, need, I guess you knowing... What is going on as well, and and seeing yeah. that, and knowing that you you're not going to be—that's probably even more difficult. Yeah, knowing that you yeah. you could have been no, yeah. things you know worked out the, differently. Yeah.
1: In, in all the rehab, I got so far, and then I would hit a brick wall. Something would happen. I do I do three months. Meniscus needed repairing. I would do another three months, and then something else happened. And then another three months. Something happened with that I never could quite get over that final hurdle because uh, I had problems with the hamstring uh, as well where they fixed the ACL with I had scar tissue build up and I think that was partly down to lockdown as well because you know I wasn't able to train, I wasn't able to move as well. So
2: you've got that- to if I've got it correct, my mum did her ACL and PCL in 2018 I think yeah. and she had a really bad issue with scar tissue. Yeah, And I think, if I remember correctly, it's that you've got to keep exercising, haven't you? Exactly. You've got that. to keep it moving to stop the build-up. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly
1: that. And with it being locked down and me waiting for the meniscus, I think that's when the hamstring thing started to happen. But yeah. well, I didn't know that at that time. So I've had the uh, meniscus fixed, got back running, got back training again, not training with the first team, but training with a physio. And then this hamstring thing started to happen. It's so like when I say to you, things just happen like that. That's what happened, and it was the most frustrating time of my professional football career. I can I can think of it really was, but thankfully that you know it it got sorted. To be fair to Preston, they were unbelievable with getting things sorted. I saw some of the you know the top surgeons in the country. So without their support and how you know I probably wouldn't still be playing. So I'm, I am grateful for that. Uh, I was just a bit gutted. In the time frame, I did get back. I didn't manage to play for Preston again. That 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 hurt me a lot. That did. That really hurt me. Uh, I remember being involved when I got back fit. I was on the bench against Swansea, ironically. Uh, but obviously it wasn't. It was probably too soon, but I didn't get on. But I think towards the end of that season, after having <clears throat> probably four six weeks training, I thought I was all right to play at least 20 minutes here or there just to say thank you. Uh, and try and prove that I'd still got it, but it never happened, and that that did, that say, it hurt me. That I did.
2: Yeah, was that under Frankie?
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Um, what what's your your sort of memory of the group under Alex? You, you always had us sort of in and around the playoffs. Um, yeah.
1: When I it, when I first joined, when I first joined, I generally thought we were getting promoted. That, that. Back end of that season, we were going to places and absolutely wiping the floor with people. If you remember, Seanan e. McGuire was on absolute fire. And I remember saying to a couple of mates back home, I said, I can't argue, I'm not playing at the minute because he's scoring every game. Like, I can't argue. And at that time, Robbo was doing well. So, you know, I had no qualms. You know, I, I, I generally thought we were going to get in the playoffs. I really did. We were on fire. Uh, DJ,
2: Galley, and uh Piero in the middle.
1: Yeah. They was just everyone was it almost like Galley was unbelievable, wasn't he? Yeah. Unbelievable. Like but a
2: then, fine wine, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, but then obviously you had Tom Clark, unbelievable at the back. You had uh Hunts doing unbelievable. So we had such a good spine, like you say, we had DJ, Galley, Brownie in the midfield, such them three just picked themselves, and then like I say, you had Shawnee, Robbo. And Tom Barkays and the team picked itself. It really did. It really did in that that first season I joined. So I had no arguments about that kind of thing. It was uh, it was just so it was it was gutting that we didn't didn't just sneak into the playoffs. And we generally believed, to be fair, the following season that with a good preseason, keeping everyone together, we we would have been well up there. I, I can't remember where we finished in that second season I was there, but. I think we were top ten
2: at least. Second season was the one before COVID, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So the second season we started really badly, if you remember. We were like we were down the bottom, and it was. I think it was a three-three draw at Villa away. Which I scored in, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that just seemed to turn things. Yes. Around and yeah, then. Exactly. Right. I think that January we brought in Potsy, Jaden Stockley, yeah, yeah, Rath as well, Billy yeah, Bowden. and
1: yeah, Bill. No, Bill came with me. Bill came with
2: me. Oh, it was Bill the January you joined? Yeah. Um, yeah, and we, I think we ended up finishing like eleventh or twelfth, probably
1: eleventh. Yeah, we had a strong finish, didn't we? I remember. Well, there was
2: well. there was a point around March. I think Shawnee scored against Brum at home late on, in the rain. And yeah. after that, that I think that win took us to within like four points or something at the top six.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that actually. We were, yeah, towards the end of the, end of the season we were literally right near it, weren't we again? Yeah. Yeah, I do remember. And
2: then that. just dropped away. Um,
1: but in, ter- in terms of the lads going back on that one, look, they were unbelievable. Tom Clark, the captain, was ridiculous. He was such a nice guy, is such a nice guy. And, such a good leader in terms of where's his heart on his sleeve. You know, everyone knows that at North End anyway, you don't need to say it, but one of the most strongest players I've ever played against and, you know, unbelievable as a person as well, making me feel so welcome initially and Gally as well. Gally was unbelievable with me. Uh, you know, he's one of my probably uh, heroes really because Stoke back in the day and all that. And I told him that probably day one of me joining, uh, and he was, I was sat next to him in the dressing room anyway at Springfield. So <clears throat> I got on really well with everyone, mate. I really did. Uh, there was such a good tight group as well. And there was, it was like almost you got all the younger lads, almost uh, you know your peeros and all them kind of stuff. And then you had the older boys, so to speak, as like Tom Clark, Galley. But we all kind of all all kind of hit it off, and we we're all real real tight group.
2: It was a really good mix, wasn't it? I had um, Piero on, and he he just said that it was like the the group and the mix. You know, like Callum Robinson, yeah. Uh, Pier Piero, Ben Davis, yeah. Um, then you look at like you say the, the quote unquote older lads, like yeah. Tom Clark, uh, probably DJ. I think he'd been there probably been there a while, yeah, four or five years at that point. Yeah, um, just a shame it obviously didn't didn't result in anything
1: um, no, no I think at that time there with them players all together it's one of the strongest squads I can think of it really is uh, but you know you never know what's going to happen do you let's be honest
2: do you ever do you ever look back at your time at North End and think what could have been
1: yeah all the time yeah I do yeah all the time I always think that uh Especially on a personal note, like we touched on before, in terms of injuries and stuff like that. Uh, I'll be honest, it, it doesn't make... Well, yeah, it does. It gets gets me a bit upset, really, because you know I do think I'd achieved so much more for North End and it would have helped North End a lot more. And I'd have loved to do that to repay him for showing faith in me. Uh, but, you know, it's it's one of the things where we can't change now. It's in the past... Uh, and you know, Preston, you're in good hands, and you know, I wish him all the best, an unbelievable football club.
2: Final few questions then from me. Do you have any regrets from your time at the club? Oh shut up, people. Siri. <laughs> Let me ask that again. Um do you do you have any regrets from your time at the club? <clears throat>
3: that
1: was a tricky one though. Uh don't think
2: I do. Don't think I do,
1: no. The only the only slight one I would have is, uh, should I have lived closer to the training ground, and that's just from a personal, uh, personal note. Just in terms of probably me overthinking, to be honest, but would I have had the injuries I had? Did did the traveling in day in day out play a part on on that? Uh, you know it's, it's it's one of them that I think mm, possibly do you know what I mean uh,
2: but then again loads of players do it every day and
1: well this is this is the thing that's why I probably say it's probably me overthinking. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
2: ne- next question then if you weren't a footballer what would you be oh god knows
1: <laughs> be, you know what I probably would have and I remember doing this bloody uh, when I got released from Stoke then Northampton and I was about a club for a couple of weeks. Uh, I went painting with my dad, painter and decorating. Oh my God, I was terrible at it. But because he was a painting decorator, I reckon I ended up being his apprentice and just trying to try my best to do that. But uh, thankfully, you know, I managed to be a footballer, thank God. But uh, I remember out for a few weeks and it was, it was bloody, I was terrible, mate, really bad. And then I went part time at Nuneaton. And then uh, end up coaching. So, I think I think I would have been in, tried to be a coach at least, tried to stay in the game in some kind of way. Definitely.
2: Do Do you have a favourite memory from your time in
1: Auckland? Uh, yeah, I'd probably I've probably got a few to be honest. I think initially signing, you know, that was like I said to you before, it was such an unbelievable moment for me and my family. Uh i think the 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 forest goal that you mentioned that always sticks out because of the reaction it got uh and then the one that 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 sticks out for me really was uh scoring against blackburn uh at deepdale uh i think we we did i think we won like 4-1 or something uh and again i think i came on and i, I set one up and i scored one and i felt like yeah I felt, you know, that was a real good moment for me. And obviously it helps. It was against Blackburn and I knew how much it means.
2: Was that, I think, was that the one that Robbo scored and just stood in front of the Rovers fans?
1: Yes, it was, I think. Yeah. yeah. Because
2: Barky scored as well, didn't he, early on?
1: I think Robbo, Barky, Brownie and me. Yeah. I feel like it was a 4-1 or 4-2 game.
2: I think it was 4-1. Because I think we had a couple of games. Oh man, no way we would beat them 4-1.
1: Yeah, I remember just uh, the assist for Brownie was like, I was quite proud of it. It was you know a good bit of play, really. Uh, And then obviously to score and then obviously just to win 4-1, it was a good moment, really, for us.
2: Um, Who was the best player that you played with at the club? Mm.
1: I'd probably say Pirro. I think Pirro was...
3: Unbelievable on
1: his day. And, and still, I watch him now for Stoke. Uh, and he was, you know, he, he can be, really be the difference. Uh, I think a close second would have probably been Ben Davis. I think, especially uh, second or third season I was there, he really came into his own. <clears throat> I think he got stronger. He got wiser. Uh, and he was you know he was a rolls royce really was he was people don't realize how quick dave was and he is he is so quick i was
2: i was just going to say that not over like a massive distance so, but probably a bit to- similar to piero in that maybe yeah. over sort of 15 20 yards both like so shit off a shovel
1: honestly unbelievable i remember playing against dave a lot in training and i could get the best of it i could get like the best out of him in terms of i i, I could I'd win a lot of headers against him. I'd use my body really well against him, uh, but then put me in a race against him, and he'd wipe the floor with me. And he's very clever with it as well. Very, very clever. But yeah, I think them two. You know what? There was so many because DJ DJ was so good in training and like in games as well. Like unbelievable, so talented. It was unbelievable. Yeah.
2: Do you think and, he gets a bit of a bad rap, DJ? It's a lot. Yeah, a lot. I don't I know if you aware of it, but a lot yeah, of fans...
1: I, I felt that when I was there as well. I felt, to me, DJ, if you manage and play DJ in his best position, he'll be one of your best players. That was my opinion.
2: I, I always think he gets loads of stick because he's got quite a languid style, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people confuse that or take that as in being lazy yeah just and like. I can't I think it was Alex Neil said that DJ is always one of the the top lads in training for like running Yes, at the end of a game ground yes. covered but I think yeah. it's just the way that he, he carries the way he himself. runs
1: and the yeah. way he slides around the pitch looks like he's not running as fast or trying Yeah. But He is so athletic, it's unbelievable, and so quick. It's Honestly, he's just a natural, natural athlete. He's obviously worked incredibly hard, but his stats were always through the roof. No one could get near him, no one.
2: I suspect you might be seeing him in Stoke next season.
1: Uh, Yeah, I've read read about that, so we'll see what happens there. I I wouldn't be surprised if Alex Neal tries to get a few more from that Preston Day era as well.
2: Well, I think Piero's pretty much nailed on mm.
1: for going oh, there. Fans love him at Stoke. They've already... Um, I, I, I've still followed Stoke, obviously, from being from round there. And, yeah, yeah. Harman or Grandad are all season ticket holders, so I, I, I'd go with the odd game. But I, I, think, I think Alex Neil will try and sign.
2: Probably. There was talk at this end that he was interested in uh, Greg as well, which I love Greg, but I just couldn't see it.
1: It's just a new deal, isn't it? Be interesting. Be interesting. Stoke need a few mates, to be honest. So
2: yeah, they do. Do you think Alex can do it?
1: I do. I do. Honestly, I. I, uh, It's difficult for him at Stoke because it it is such. uh, The fan base is is very used to the Premiership because they're in the Premiership for so long. Yeah, Uh, and there was a period last season where. He got on playing exactly how we played at Preston. And I mean exactly the same. Four three three. He got Piro back into his holding yeah. position. And the front three were here, there and everywhere, high press. But then there on after, after they went three or four games on beaten, uh, he had a few bad injuries for the I think his preferred eleven, so to speak. And then he had to change formation because certain players didn't suit the four three three and all that kind of thing. So
2: Piro think, got sent off as well, didn't Piro he? Piro
1: got sent off. I think if he brings in who he wants to and he has a strength and depth, he will he will do really well there.
2: Yeah, I hope he does.
1: Yeah. I hope he does.
2: Yeah. If you could put a five-side team together from players oh. that you played with at North End, who would be oh. in it?
1: This is difficult, this. Oh, wow. I'm going to go... I'm struggling for a goalkeeper here. Declan? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to go deck and goal. Uh, I'm going to go Tom Clark. I think I'm going to go Greg as well. Yeah, I am.
2: Over Davo.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know, actually, now you say that. (laughs) You know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking far too much into this. I'm thinking small pitch, five aside. Don't need Davo's pace. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Greg, and then I'm going to go Pirro. Uh What are we on? Was that three or four? Four, four.
2: With one more. Do you I need know. two defenders if you're playing Pirro?
1: Yeah, you do. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm going to go Callum. Just because Callum could do anything out of nowhere.
2: That, you know. that last season he was class, wasn't he? Yeah. He was I so actually,
1: good. I remember actually uh, <clears throat> Alex Neil playing Callum up front, in front of me, and I was fucking fuming. Absolutely fuming, I remember saying. <laughs> cause I, I can't remember who got injured. All our strikers got injured. So I'm there fucking only striker thinking, oh, I'm going to play
2: sure. Nailed on. Nailed
1: on. We just, who did we just beat? We just beat someone. Leeds. We just went to Leeds away in the cup and we got a 1-0 win. Brendan Barker scored that goal. Uh, I thought, fucking I've just been Alan Road. Just won 1-0. I played all the game. Played really well. Won the penalty, I think. I think we won 2-0, I think. DJ scored.
2: I did uh, think it was 1-0. Yeah, now
1: I thought, you've said that. DJ scored a pen as well. I, I
2: are, you not have... thinking, um, or are you not thinking Derby the season oh, after?
1: No, no, it was Alan Road. It was Alan Road.
2: Because DJ definitely scored a pen against Derby in the Cup as
1: well. It was definitely Alan Road. I remember going there. I remember playing. Uh, but anyway, I played in that. We won. Which leads are obviously a good side. that They got promoted that year. And then the the game after, I think it was the game after, we played, who did we play? Middlesbrough or something like that. And he played Callum up front as a false nine almost. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm the only striker, what's going on here? And then Cal uh, scored in the game as well, just to top it off. And then he actually played false nine the rest of the bloody season. And I'm sat on the bench. And I'm thinking, fucking out! I can't even get a kick here. I'm the only striker. And I can't was so- catch a break. But then, to be fair to Cal, he, he played the role really well. Just came off yeah. the of halfs and got turned. He was so clever with it. And like I said to you before, he could make something happen out of nowhere. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a bit more of you know an old an older school number nine almost. So I understand now. I understand it. Back then, I was thinking, fucking out! What are you doing? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think of the guests that I've not had on from your area, I'd say Carl's probably up there as one of my favourites and one of my one of the ones I want on. Yeah, if if I can get him, lovely, lovely guy as well. Yeah,
1: lovely guy, really happy, really bubbly. Always had
2: a smile on his face, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he did all the time. Really, real, real good guy, Uh, and he's done well, hasn't he? He's had a good career, a good career. So you know, you fair play to him.
2: I've got a question here from my last guest that I had on the podcast um, who is a lad called Jeffrey Monacana. Probably never heard of him. Mm. Um, Played for us under... Yeah, name rings a bell. He played for us under Graham Wesley when we are in League One. Um, So it's a new thing that I'm doing. He's he's asked the question, um, what player played in the last 16 of the UEFA Cup, which is now the Europa League, for Newcastle United, but has also played for Preston. (sighs) I'll give you a clue. You've played with him.
1: Andy Griffin? No. No, no. as
2: in you played with him at North End. He didn't know you were my guest, by the way, so he's not asked this question because he knew you played with him. It's just purely a coincidence. Ask me the question again. Which player has played in the last 16 of the UEFA Cup, which is now the Europa League, for Newcastle United and has also played for North End? Not potsy, is it? Not far off, but no, it's not. Wow, just, I'll give you a clue. He's just got promoted this summer from League 2.
1: I was just about to say, well, what what league? Going up to League One.
2: Yeah, from League Two through the playoffs.
1: I, you know, what, I haven't got a clue. Hunts. Oh fuck! Yeah, of course it is. How <laughs> doing? Oh, that um, that's stupid of me. That is absolutely stupid of me. I know Hunts play for Newcastle. <laughs> like, it'll,
2: be, it'll it'll be listening to this as well.
1: Sorry, Hunts, that's shocking for me. Yeah. <laughs> top guy as well, top, top guy. Yeah, he's a good lad. Yeah, he's a good lad. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself, mate, I'll be honest with you. He was brilliant at me, Hunts was. Really good, really, really nice guy. Helped me settle in so much. Yeah, he's uh, a... That, uh... that, that first, first and second season, he was a rock, wasn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> he was a rock, won every yeah. end, I think. Of course he won promotion, that's one that did me there. Like Carlisle, <laughs>
2: didn't he, yeah? Um yeah so my last my last one is I would like you to ask my next guest a question without knowing who they are other than they've either played for coached or managed North End. Any question. A, any question can be about North End football anything. My god. Uh...
3: You don't know your guest.
2: No no I know who it is
1: we don't need to know.
2: I can give you a clue. You've shared a dressing room with them. <laughs> what, well, at Preston. At North End, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh I was gonna do a real like Preston question then as well. It would have been way too easy. Who finished top goal scorer in my first season there? Which was what under eighteen two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Who finished top goal scorer? Nice one.
2: Yeah. Last last one then from me, Louis. I know I said this yeah. last time, but what, what does the future look like for you?
1: Just uh, continue playing, mate, if I can. Uh like I said to at the start, I'm free agent now, just left Burton Albion. Uh just want to go and enjoy myself really. Enjoy football for the next couple of years. I'm thirty one now. Uh so I like to think I've still got a few more years uh left in the legs. So I just want to to, to sign for a club that I like and, and someone that understands me, like we like we spoke about earlier in the podcast. Really, I want to I want to enjoy the the last few years of my career and and get back playing and get back scoring goals because I know I can do it. I really do. Uh, it's just finding that right formula now and letting everything marry up. and I'm working really hard uh, behind the scenes to to start the season as a fresh and. Uh, and, and, and have a good season really so I'm just ticking over keeping fit uh, and then we'll see what happens in, the, in these next few weeks
2: anything in the pipeline or couldn't you not say
1: uh, there's potentially one or two yeah uh, it's difficult to say at the minute uh, yeah but yeah I, I'm hopeful you know I'll get sorted sooner rather than later really and and uh, you know like I say just start enjoying my football and getting back to what I'm what I know I'm capable of really
2: well, Louis, thank you very much for your time, yeah, mate. Okay. Really appreciate it. Thank you, um, You
1: really enjoyed it. Hi, I'm Reese
0: and this is our song, Wise Man.